everyone, and welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Naturepedic, a manufacturer of award-winning certified organic mattresses. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing back Barry Chick, the founder and technical director of Naturepedic. Barry has had a lifelong interest in preserving the environment, not only for us, but for all future generations. As a board-certified environmental engineer, Barry is an advocate for legislative reform and has four decades of experience investigating and assessing hazardous materials, contamination, resolving environmental problems, and protecting human health, safety, and the environment. He has a wealth of knowledge and experience, and we're so honored to have him here again with us today. Today's episode is about how to keep our sleeping babies safe and focusing on the breathability of crib mattresses. Our baby's safety is our greatest priority, and breathability in crib mattresses may not seem like it's too big of a deal, but it's more important than parents think. And Barry knows this all too well. Barry's going to share with us some of the biggest risks and dangers involved with infant sleep, why breathability is an important feature in crib mattresses, as well as what to look for when purchasing a crib mattress. And we are so thankful Naturepedic is offering all of our listeners a 20% discount through the month of September 2021 on their website, www.naturepedic.com with the discount code BABYCHICK20. See our episode description for these details. So let's welcome Barry to the show. Hi, Barry. Thanks so much for joining us on our podcast. How are you? Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure, Nina. Pleasure to uh, talk to Baby Chick and you guys do wonderful work and just happy to to be able to spend some time with you guys. Yes. Well, we're excited to have you back. I mean, we talked a lot about last time the importance of choosing the right crib mattress. And now we really want to talk to you about how to keep our sleeping baby safe. And we know that our children spend so much time sleeping and on their mattress. So who better to talk to than you? So Barry, I have to know though, please tell us what led to your passion in crib mattress safety? Well, if you're willing, let me tell you the whole story because it'll make a much bigger point. <laughs> Perfect. Go for it. All right. You see, way back, I was in engineering school. The joke in engineering school was the solution to pollution is dilution, which sounds very funny. But it was right about that time when Lake Erie was dying. And uh, I live real close to Lake Erie. And I realized that that's not funny at all. The solution to pollution is not dilution, not at all. And what I realized, this was back in 1970. What I realized is uh, in 1870, when industry started dumping their toxic waste into Lake Erie, the lake just swallowed it up, no problem. 1890, no problem. 1910, 1930, 1950, lake swallowed it all up, no problem. 1970, big problem, okay? The lake was dying. And by the way, it's illegal to commercial fish in Lake Erie till today. And it's been a half a century since then. And the point was very simple. You can't just dump toxic chemicals into the environment and expect to get away with it. Right. The day will come when you have to pay a price. And when that day comes, it's going to be a heavy price. So I became an environmentalist then. I was involved in environmental activities in a broader range. Not just, we're not talking about mattresses back then. We were just talking about it in general. But the point that I learned was we have to stop the issue of chemicals. So now let's, let's move forward a little bit. I became a 
board certified environmental engineer. I'm also certified by the Institute of Professional Practice. I'm also a certified hazardous materials manager. I'm also an author of a textbook for government institutes on environmental assessments and so on. I realize that we have a bigger problem. The bigger problem is that there are no laws restricting the use of toxic chemicals. Nina, do you care to guess how many toxic chemicals have been invented in the past century? You want to, you want to give a guess? Oh, gosh. I, a lot. Uh, how many? Um, 5,000? Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Officially, just the official count, 85,000. Oh, my gosh. That's just absurd. It's absurd. And unofficially, maybe double. Oh, wow. So, and the 85,000 are what are registered with the U.S. EPA. Uh, does the U.S. EPA regulate chemicals on paper, officially? Yeah. In reality, no. In reality, they do nothing. Out of the 85,000 chemicals, you know how many chemicals have been banned in the past 50 years? Mm, One, ten? two, three, four, five. Five chemicals. Five. Oh my gosh! Really? Wow. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's a joke. It's it's a real joke. It, it really it's not it, you know it's not funny. Now back then when they created the laws, so there were two laws that are very relevant to this topic. One is RICRA. One is CERCLA. So RICRA is the law that says if you're a manufacturer and you have chemical waste, you can't dump it into the lake. You have to send it to a hazardous waste landfill. So that law is a good law, and it stopped most of the dumping into our waterways and, and so on. The other law that was created at approximately the same time is called CERCLA. That's the law that supposedly regulates the use of chemicals, period. Okay, And that's the law. Under that law, there are 85,000 chemicals that are registered, and they banned exactly five out of the 85,000. So that law is a total joke. And in effect, looking back, there was a deal made between industry and the environmental community. And the deal that, that was struck is, okay, industry agreed to no longer dump their chemicals into the lake, but don't tell industry how not to make their products. That's essentially the law. We are living today under that deal, okay? And the bottom line is industry can use all the chemicals it wants. There are a few restrictions now, but just very few. It doesn't really make much of a dent at all. So that's the background to this whole issue. When we talk about safety for a baby, the safety for anybody, we have to go back and look back and say, what is the definition of safety? What's the issue to begin with? And we'll go through that. But the first issue is the use of toxic chemicals that are completely or essentially completely unregulated. They are in every product you can imagine, all right? Walk in the door to your home and just stop and look around and say, okay, how much of my home is made with natural materials and how much is synthetic and full of all kinds of chemicals? And of course, you're going to be shocked because it's mostly synthetic with lots of toxic materials. That is my underlying issue is that we are living in a society where the problem that I saw with Lake Erie is really a bigger problem. That was just like a rude awakening to what the issue is, but you have to take that issue and look at it from a broader perspective. We have 
thousands of products, thousands of toxic chemicals. There are hundreds of pounds of toxic chemicals made every year for every man, woman, and child in this country and beyond. Okay? So for how much longer are they going to make all these toxic chemicals? All right? Before we're all being hurt. And the answer to that is we're already being hurt. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, you know, childhood cancers and everything else that's going on. Yeah, yeah, I think it's already affecting us. You're absolutely correct, Nina. Even though I've been in this business for a while, I was shocked myself when I read that really it is true. The biggest cause of death for children from age one to age 19 is cancer. From zero to one, it's SIDS, so that doesn't count. But starting with age one to age 19, the biggest cause of death is cancer, okay? How does a two-year-old get cancer? Where is this coming from? And in large part, there's really no question. It's coming from toxic chemicals. And it's not just mattresses. It's toxic chemicals everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. It's toxic chemicals in the clothing that's being made for babies, okay? The flame retardants that's being made for babies and all their clothing and so on. So that's the background to this whole issue. Right, right. And that's why I get it now that, you know, you're in this crib mattress world, really making sure that you're doing your part to, you know, stop that whole terrible cycle of using these harmful chemicals and and introducing them into our homes and our families. Exactly. And it has to happen everywhere. I happen to accidentally have gotten into the mattress business and and I started with the baby mattress business. But the whole issue is not just a mattress issue. You know, we have to change the way we think in our society and we have to change the laws. And I'll say something that might sound a little bit too extreme, but bear with me. I think that when it comes to chemicals and chemical manufacturers, You are guilty until proven innocent. I know that sounds harsh, but I think that's the way we're going to have to go. I don't think there's a choice. All right. You can't just go around making toxic chemicals and selling it to everybody and putting it into all these products and making everybody sick. There are babies sick. There are children who are sick. There are adults who are sick. You know, we just have to stop all this. Right. Absolutely. So, Barry, I have a question for you. So when it comes to keeping our babies our sleeping babies safe, what are some of the biggest dangers and risks involved with infant sleep? So I'll break it down into three groups. The first group and the most important of of the groups is toxic chemicals. All right. We don't need baby um, anything, mattresses, clothing, you know, whatever. We don't need baby products made with toxic chemicals. In my particular case, we've shown everybody that you can make a mattress and you can make bedding without all these toxic chemicals. You can. It's not that big a deal. You just have to stop and ask yourself some questions and look for ways to be a little bit, uh, you know, just do things the right way, you know? Right. So, so we can talk about that in detail in a minute. But the first area is toxic chemicals. The second area would be allergenic issues. And we'll talk about that. Uh, The third area is dealing with this whole question of breathability and what that means and what is appropriate and what's not appropriate. So just to make things simple, you can break the issues down into those three groups. Okay. 
that helps us. So I'm now wondering, what are the most important rules when it comes to the safe sleep that parents should keep in mind, especially keeping those three rules in mind? Okay, so let's start with toxic chemicals. Okay. All right. How is a crib mattress manufactured? So unfortunately, most crib mattresses are covered with vinyl. Let's take it from the top. You have vinyl. Then you have flame retardant chemicals, barriers, things like that. Then you have polyurethane foam and various other uh, chemicals that are added. So let's take them one at a time, okay? Mm -hmm. Vinyl is actually polyvinyl chloride. Polyvinyl chloride comes in two forms. It can be hard or it can be soft. When polyvinyl chloride is hard, it's usually called PVC, like PVC pipe. Right. Okay? When polyvinyl chloride is soft, it's generally called vinyl. Now, what's the difference between the hard PVC and the soft vinyl? The difference is that to make the soft vinyl, you have to take the hard PVC and you add plasticizer chemicals that will turn it into a soft material and then it's vinyl, all right? So how do you take a hard PVC and turn it into soft vinyl? You add phthalate plasticizers. Phthalate plasticizers will turn the whole thing into a soft vinyl. The problem with the phthalate plasticizers is two things. Number one, it doesn't stick it comes out into the air. And number two, most of them are toxic. So let's take it one step at a time. When you uh, open the door to a new car, traditionally you have that new car smell. That new car smell is the phthalates coming out of the vinyl. When they make vinyl, they know that the phthalate plasticizer chemicals will come out of the vinyl into the air. They know that. When they're making vinyl, 30 to 40% of the vinyl is nothing more than phthalates. So it comes out into the air where you can breathe it, all right? And when you put that vinyl on a baby mattress, the baby's breathing those phthalates. And by the way, when you get vinyl that's old and it starts to crack, that means the phthalates are long gone and it's now back to the to the hard PVC. All that's 30 to 40%, all those plasticizer chemicals will come out into the air that's called, it's commonly called off-gassing. It means leaves the product and comes out into the air. All right, the next problem is that the phthalates are dangerous. There was a big study at the University of Rochester, New York, big study about 12, 13, 14 years ago, something like that, where they demonstrated that the phthalates are harming babies, and in particular harming baby boys. It's a very interesting study. And what happened was the federal government did ban some phthalates, the ones that were in the study, they banned some phthalates from the vinyl in baby products, only in baby products, not for other products. For other products, you can use all the toxic chemical phthalates you want. All right, anyways, the problem is that you can't make vinyl without these chemicals. So what did the vinyl people do? They took the banned chemicals, the banned formulas, and they tweaked the formulas and they created new versions that are not banned. And it's right back on the vinyl and it's right back on the baby mattresses. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that proper behavior? No, it's not proper behavior, you know, but unfortunately 
you're innocent until proven guilty, and they're going to have to wait more years. And they've already started proving that some of the other ones are toxic. The proper approach would be you're guilty until proven innocent and stop using all these toxic chemicals. You know better, and everybody knows better. This is the way the system works. So we have a problem with vinyl. Another problem is perfluorinated compounds, where um, they add chemicals that will make the surface fabric waterproof. But these uh, perfluorinated compounds are toxic, period. You know, that's another problem. So, and then there are other chemicals that can be used, and for the most part, they're not very good. That's one problem. Then when you go below the surface, all we've been talking about so far is just the surface material. When you go below the surface, you have polyurethane foam. Polyurethane foam is basically petroleum with a bunch of chemicals, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you have to add all kinds of chemicals to the polyurethane foam to make. A lot of the chemicals are added just in the making of the polyurethane foam. But then there's chemicals added later on. Like, for example, polyurethane foam, because it's all petroleum, is highly flammable. It's one of the most flammable materials on planet Earth. And because it's so flammable and because there are certain laws, flammability laws on the books, mattress manufacturers will add flame retardant chemicals usually surrounding the polyurethane foam, okay, in barriers, uh, but sometimes it's in the foam itself. Either way, okay, there are all kinds of flame retardant chemicals in, in polyurethane foam. And I can read you just some simple list of flame retardant chemicals. Like, for example, there are brominated flame retardants, like TRIS. A lot of people have heard of TRIS, but there's many others. There's phosphates and so on. Phosphorus, flame retardants, there's, there's a whole bunch of those. There are about a dozen that are, that are typically being used, like, for example, phosphate and trimethylol, melamine, and organophosphates, and so on and so on. Aluminum phosphate salts are being used, isopropylated phosphates. And then there's nitrogen-based flame retardants like melamine, ammonium sulfate, and so on. And then there's others, boric acid, antimony, trioxide, and so on. There's many flame retardants being used. You can't even keep up with them. There's that many. Wow. Most of them have never been checked. There's another point to remember here. I might be getting a little bit too detailed, but if your audience wants to understand the issues, I'm going to explain one more thing here. Okay. There is a totally separate law under OSHA, okay, Occupational Health and Safety Administration. If you have a factory and you're manufacturing a chemical, say, in that factory, you have to create a sheet, which used to be called the MSDS, Material Safety Data Sheet. Today it's called SDS, Safety Data Sheet. You have to create a sheet that explains the problems so your employees understand what they're working with. Like, for example, if something spills, your employees have to understand and they have to know what the issue is, how to deal with it, okay? So that's the only area in our society where manufacturers do have to explain the toxicity of their chemicals. But when they created this MSDS law, they made one big loophole. The one big loophole is that if a manufacturer is not aware of a problem, the manufacturer is not liable. Okay, well, guess what? Many, if not most, manufacturers don't want to be aware because if they're not aware, they're not liable. So they never test their products in any meaningful way. 
And that's what we're living under today. So even, even if a company does do some testing, it's usually very simple and not very detailed, and they don't really want to know the toxicity effects of their products because if they did, they would be liable. If they don't know, they're not liable. That's the crazy system we live under today. Wow, yeah. Okay, so then there are other chemicals that are added. Formaldehyde is added, you know, to a lot of products. Pesticides is added. By the way, you know, if you walk into a store and you see a product and it says antibacterial, antimicrobial, sounds good. You're going to pay a little bit more for that. But you know what that means when the product is, when there's a label on the product that says antimicrobial? It means they added a pesticide. That's what it means. They added a pesticide. And yeah, the pesticide's supposed to kill whatever, microbes, but what's the pesticide doing to the baby? Okay, nobody asked that question. Right. Nobody took it to the next step and said, well, wait a second, what's it doing to the baby? You know, so there are pesticides, there are GMOs, of course, all over the place. There's all kinds of glues and adhesives that are being used. So there, there's all kinds of chemicals that get added. So between the vinyl, the polyurethane foam, the flame retardants, all the extra chemicals, we have a problem, okay? And it's a serious problem. Yeah. So with everything that you just said, what is it that parents need to keep in mind when looking for a product? Because that's that's a whole lot for a parent to absorb. So what should they, the question I'd, I'd ask, like what are the most important rules or, when it comes to safe sleep that they should keep in mind? All right. So regarding the chemical issue, which is the first of three issues, but the most important of the three issues. Right. You just got to find mattresses that don't, that are not made with these chemicals. So the first thing you do is you just read what, what the manufacturers say about their mattresses. If they don't talk about it, you know, it's full of chemicals. That doesn't go very far just reading what the manufacturers say, because you have the time you can't trust that. But at least as, as a starting point, if the manufacturer is using polyurethane foam, and vinyl, forget it. You know, you want to find, when it comes to a baby mattress, you want to find something that's that's made differently. The second thing that a parent can do is just look for certifications. But even there, you have to know what you're looking for. For example, you know, there's a certification called Certipure, C-E-R-T-I-P-U-R. The problem is that's, that certification is only applicable to polyurethane foam, and the certification rules were made by people who are part of the polyurethane foam industry. So is it a really true third-party certification? No, not, you know, it's people who are basically trying to certify themselves. So the certification picks those things that they want it to pick. So I, I, I don't want to say too much here. I'm not looking to, to malign anybody, but just be aware that even if you see a certification, it doesn't always mean that it is what you're looking for. Other certifications are Green Guard, but that also doesn't look at all the all the off-gassing coming from vinyl. It just totally does not include that. So the Green Guard can certification can be okay for some things, for, for some things that you're looking for, but not necessarily for anything. The best certifications are probably the organic certifications. There is an organic organization called GOTS, G-O-T-S, Global Organic Textile Standard, and that's a higher standard. There could be other issues there with the uh, with latex, organic latex. We'll get to that in a minute. But at least to some degree, you're getting something worthwhile. Same thing with MadeSafe, another certification. 
So is there one easy answer? No, there isn't. Okay. But I guess the, the first and most important step is the mattress is vinyl and polyurethane foam. I wouldn't buy it for my baby. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And that you're actually answering my next question that I was going to ask you is, you know, to remind us like what parents should look for when purchasing a crib mattress. And basically you're saying is really look for the certifications and not just any certifications, look for GOTS. Then you're saying the Green Guard gold standard might be the next after that, but there's so many different certifications. How do you know which one's good and which one's not? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't want to go too far on this because I'm just going to get myself in trouble. (laughs) There is no one perfect certification. Made Safe is one of the newer certifications that overall is pretty good. Okay. Okay. It's called Made Safe. But there is no one certification that really covers everything. Okay. I mean, at least we know a couple, and that's helpful for us parents to know because, as we mentioned, babies spend a large portion of their day in their cribs, so we want them to be not breathing in these harmful chemicals. So let's talk, you know, bringing up breathing in. Why is, you know, breathability, is that an important feature in a crib mattress? And if so, why? Okay, so we covered toxic chemicals. There's two others. There's the breathability issue, and then there's the allergenic issue. So let's try to cover both of them. Great. So breathability, it's okay to give a baby more air. That's certainly fine. There's no argument there. There's nothing to discuss there. If you can give the baby more air, great. The more, the better. No problem. However, there are all kinds of issues with breathable mattresses. All right. One issue just for starters is that parents sometimes think that when you have a breathable mattress, it's going to reduce SIDS. But the CPSC is very against that statement. Because the CPSC says if if the baby's face down, which is where the baby is if they're breathing into this mattress, the CPSC says when the baby's face down, SIDS actually goes up, not down. So the idea that that a breathable mattress is going to reduce SIDS is just not a valid idea. So that's just for starters. But now let's talk about the big issue. Okay? Okay. So, So what does that mean? What is a breathable mattress? What's going on here? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on is as follows. And let's back up for a minute so everybody understands. Babies have accidents, whether it's urine, bigger messes, drool, vomit, spilled milk, whatever. There's accidents all the time. All right. If you can't clean it all up easily and quickly, you're going to create a garden. And it's not going to be a very nice garden. I'm being very very cute here. Right, right. Okay. Uh, We'll call it a garden. All right. If the mattress is not waterproof, then it's all going to seep into the fabric of the mattress. All right. Now let's take it a a step even further. Most of the breathable mattresses on the market not only remove the waterproofing, but they make it easy for air to flow through the fabric and into the interior of the mattress. Right. Which then, if your baby is having an accident, it's flowing into the center of your crib mattress and then growing God knows what. Exactly. Exactly. You're growing a whatever. Your garden. (laughs) Your garden. Okay. And and then the baby is breathing into this. What's the baby breathing? Okay. Maybe breathable, but what is it that the baby's breathing? Right. Okay. Is that really what you want? So we're totally against that. 
a baby mattress has to be waterproof. You have to be able to clean the mattress quickly, easily, no big deal. Okay. Right. right. Now, the problem with the mattresses where air can flow right through and the, and the baby can breathe right through and everything else is flowing right through. So number one, it's hard to clean. And if the even if the mattress has a cover that you can unzip, okay, what about the interior? What about the whole core of the mattress? What are you going to do? Take it into the shower? Okay, really? First of all, parents don't have the time for this nonsense, all right? You talk to parents who have breathable mattresses, and the overwhelming majority of them, based on what I can tell, is they don't even understand the issue, and they're certainly not taking the mattress apart and, and walking into the shower and trying to wash and dry the core of the mattress. Right. And then even if for the parents who do do that, what is it going to take to clean all the stuff out of the garden? Okay, you got to sit there with soap and hot water and try to do whatever. It's not so simple. Okay, and then even when you're done, you have to dry it, and it takes hours and hours to dry it. And by the way, where is the baby while you're doing this? Even if you had the time to do this twice a week or whatever, where's the baby? You know, there's no place for the baby. So this whole concept of when face down, let the baby breathe right through the surface, no waterproofing, and into the center core of the mattress, all right? It doesn't work. Maybe it theoretically works, but as a, as a practical matter, are you helping your baby? I wouldn't put my baby on there. Let's put it that way. Okay. So you're, are you saying then that breathability in a mattress is not important or? So let me go back. I started by saying, if you can give the baby more air, that's wonderful. I yeah. have no problem with that. But only if you can do it in a safe and a better way. There has to be a better way to do it. And the better way to do it is not to remove the waterproofing and have the baby breathe into the interior of a mattress. That's not the way to, to, to achieve this. The way to achieve more breathability is to add a layer of air between the baby and the mattress, okay? The mattress okay. stays waterproof, then there's a layer of air between the baby and the mattress so that when the baby is face down, there's all this extra air coming from all the sides. There's no issue with breathability. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but how do you do that? You add a breathable layer. Okay. Okay, or a cover. We call it a breathable cover that you it's removable and it's washable. So basically the mattress stays the same. You didn't do anything with the mattress. The mattress in our case is, you know, non-toxic, organic and easy to clean, waterproof and so on, okay? But then you add a cover just like you would add a mattress pad on top of a mattress to protect the mattress. So we make mattress covers, we call them breathable covers. We make breathable covers that add a layer of air between the baby and the mattress. And when that breathable cover gets dirty, you just, it's removable, it's no big deal. Take it off, throw in the washing machine, oh, washer and dryer, easy. very Love simple. That. So that kind of design gives the baby extra air, an extra layer of air, but it does so in a hygienic manner. You're staying safe in a hygienic sense. You're not having the baby breathe into a garden. Right. <laughs> That's the way to do breathability, a breathable mattress. Okay, so we talked about breathability. I know we're gonna talk about the allergy uh, part of it, but I also, before we get into that, so organic, what are the benefits of having an organic mattress when it comes to baby health and, and safety? 
Okay, great question. So there's two things to understand here. There's the, the chemical issue, and then there's the bigger environmental issue. So if you have an organic mattress that's certified by GOTS, okay, you know that nasty flame retardants will not be used. Okay? Now, GOTS does allow for some flame retardants, so we go way beyond GOTS. We don't use any flame retardants whatsoever. We meet all the requirements of the government, all the flammability standards, without needing any flame retardant chemicals whatsoever. So we go beyond GOTS. But still, just looking at GOTS, you know that the really nasty flame retardants will not be used. You know that vinyl and phthalates will not be there. So you know that if it's an organic a product, it will be relatively non-toxic. And that's the first side. So the first side, the first benefit is the non-toxicity for the baby. All right. So GOTS will achieve that to a reasonable degree. Then there's another side, and that is the bigger environmental picture. So if you're using organic cotton, the organic cotton in an organic mattress is not going to be grown with pesticides. It's going to meet the USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, the what's called the NOP, the National Organic Program. All right, so they're not going to use pesticides or herbicides or bad fertilizers or you know things like that. It's going to be grown in a more environmentally friendly way. So the point here is when you go with a organic mattress or organic anything, there's really two benefits. One is in general you're getting a much more non-toxic product, which is going to be healthier. And as well, you're protecting the environment, the general overall environment a little better. Those are the two benefits of going with an organic product. Love that. Okay. And now can you tell us a little bit more about that third step that you were talking about, the allergy component? Okay. So there's a whole other area that needs to be covered and that's allergenic materials. Mm-hmm. So, and allergenic issues are not covered by the organic world and by the organic certifications. Let me give you an example. Poison ivy. You know what? I can grow poison ivy in an organic manner, and I can even get it organic certified if I want to. But do you really want poison ivy in your home? Give me a break. <laughs> no. And even if it's organic. Let me say it one more time in a different way. Go take a walk in the forest and start eating all the mushrooms. It'll take about an hour till you're dead. You know what's gonna kill you? An organic mushroom. Right. Okay? So organic only goes so far. There are other issues that you have to be aware of, and one of those other issues is allergens. Okay, so now, one of the big organic materials that are being used is organic latex. Mm -hmm. All right, they're used all over the place, and we use it too. However, it's clear that latex, natural latex, which includes organic latex, is allergenic to a portion of the population. It may be as little as 6%, but even if it was just 6%, that's a lot of people. Right. Okay. So, you know, would you like me to make a mattress for your baby and we'll stuff it with poison ivy? But you know what? We'll put a cover on it so you're not going. The baby's not going to be directly touching the poison ivy. Are you really going to buy that? Of course not. You're never going to buy that, because you want the mattress to be made in the safest way possible. You don't want, you know, allergenic material in that mattress. Well, it's no different with latex. When it comes to latex, if you're an adult, you know whether you're allergic or not. 
And if you're allergic, you, you're not buying anything with latex. You know better, okay? But when it comes to a baby, you don't know if that baby's going to be allergic or not. You have no clue, all right? Right. There's even some opinions that by exposing a baby to latex, you actually might be starting the whole problem with the allergens with latex. You might be actually causing the problem with the baby. So, but whatever. The point is, when it comes to babies and children, we don't use any latex in baby and children, even the organic latex. We don't care. You know, if, if something is known to be allergenic, we don't want it. Certainly not in a baby and in, in children's product. If you're an adult, you're not allergic, you know, we'll put latex in the mattress for you. No problem. We do that every day. No problem. But for babies and children, no way. So there is that allergenic issue. There's all kinds of government documents that prove that latex is allergenic and you have to be careful and so on and so on. So that's the third area that you just have to be careful of. So even if something has got certified or made safe certified, there's always the allergenic issue. And that's a late, mostly a latex issue. Okay. Well, that's good for us parents to keep in mind also um, that allergen component because, yeah, I don't think, well, I know parents aren't considering that whenever they're making that purchase. So that is important to know. So Barry, what advice would you offer to new parents when it comes to safe infant sleep? <laughs> so we just covered all the main points. I know, <laughs> but if there's anything else that, you know, like about infant sleep, like then one piece of advice that you would really give them. Look, you know, a baby has to sleep and the babies sleep at least 12 hours and even 15 hours or more. You know, if there's any area of your house, of your home that needs to be kept safe, you know, for a baby, it's it's the sleep environment. The crib itself, you know, it's better if you don't make it with plastics and toxic chemicals, you know, for the crib. And then there's the sheet, there's the mattress pads, there's the clothing, there's the blanket, you know. You have to take every one of those things and say, okay, how do I get rid of all these toxic chemicals? That's the number one thing. How do I get rid of all these toxic chemicals? So the baby is in a relatively non-toxic environment. Unfortunately, there's no such thing as a totally non-toxic environment at all, unfortunately, even if we pretend we, we think we got it, we didn't. But we can make it relatively non-toxic. And what else can I say? I mean, we just got to do the best that we can. Yeah. Of course. And are there any resources that you recommend families look into when they're thinking about their infant sleep? Well, starting from now, I think Baby Chick will be very helpful. <laughs> we appreciate that. Absolutely. I also am curious, you know, any like safety standards or resources on, on your side that we definitely want to know. Well, so when it comes to federal standards, forget it. There's nothing there of any consequence. There really isn't. I mean, the federal government has flammability standards, which, you know, they have a point, but the flame retardants that are being used are worse than the problem because the risk of fire is not that high. And I, I, if I have to say it in a very, very uh, stern kind of way, overall, you're getting more, more harm from all the flame retardant chemicals than the risk of a fire. Unfortunately, if there really is a fire, I don't think the flame retardant chemicals 
really help much anyways. So the whole thing is a big joke. Yeah. All right. So when it comes to federal regulations, there isn't much there. Then there are the certifications, which are, you know, reasonably helpful. They're better than nothing, that's for sure. Then you have other organizations, like, for example, Green America puts out a, a whole um, book. I don't know what, you, what they call it, where they have all kinds of products. They don't sit there and certify those products. They don't really vet them that, that strongly. But for the most part, you know, most of the products in the National Green Pages, that's what the Green America calls it, the National Green Pages, most of the products there are on the better side. And then you just have to look at the better organizations out there and what they're recommending. You know, that's as far as I think you can go. Okay. Well, it sounds like we need to really put the word out there for the good guys who are doing the, the effort to make sure that chemicals stay out of our homes. So, But th- at least that's some resources that we can keep in mind. So I appreciate that. And Barry, any final thoughts on today's topic for our listeners? I'd be willing to go back to something that I said, and I'll, I'll bring it back up to make the point. And the point is, as a final thought, this applies to everything, not just to mattresses and not just to baby products. And the final thought is just remember this one thing. When it comes to chemicals, you're guilty until proven innocent. That is my final thought. Wow. Yeah, definitely. And Barry, now we need to know, where can our listeners find you? Naturepedic.com. Naturepedic, N-A-T-U-R-E, like Naturepedic, P-E-D-I-C, Naturepedic.com. We also have uh, stores across the country. Just look under Find a Store. And we also are selling through many retailers now. They have Naturepedic products and our products are pretty widely available. Yes, fantastic. And you can also, I'm, I know, find them on social media. So just look for Naturepedic and we love getting your updates via social media as well. So Barry, thank you so much for joining us today. You know, sleep is a topic that many parents obsess over, but it's important to remind them not only about the quantity of sleep their little ones get, but also the quality and safety of it too. So thank you again, Barry. We appreciate it. And thank you, Nina. It's an honor to be talking to you. Happy to work with you and happy to answer questions from the public, from anybody, and just look out for for a better world for all of us. Absolutely. And for our babies. We love it. And also, thank you to Naturepedic, you guys, for all that you do for our families and our babies, as well as this discount code for all of us. For the month of September, Naturepedic is offering a 20% off Naturepedic's website using the code BABYCHICK20. So this information has been so helpful, and I know this will help families as they make their crib purchasing choices for their little ones. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or stories that you would like to share, we'd love to hear them. You can share them with us by going to Baby Chick's Facebook page, where we'll be posting today's episode. We'll also be answering everyone's questions in the comments. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.